Hello, welcome to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. My name's Warren Crank and I'm here with Raylene and Peter Whip, just interviewing them about uh, life in the bush and um, some of the things that Peter particularly is up to when it comes to his work with Outback Futures. But uh, what I'd like to do just now is get them to introduce themselves really quick and then we're going to get our yarn going. Hey, I'm Peter Whip from Longreach. How are you going? And I'm Peter Whip's wife, Raylene, from Longreach too. And they've been at Longreach around 30 years now. Raylene actually was a coast girl. She lived in lots of cities along the Queensland coastline before she went out bush. Raylene, just tell us quickly, how was the transition to go from the beach to the bush? Oh, well, it wasn't as hard as you imagine. Um, I sort of always have a heart for um, country life, so I was pretty happy to go out there, actually. So good, so good. All right, well, tell us a little bit about uh, life in Longreach, Peter, what you're up to, perhaps some of the careers you've had. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear about how you make a life in outback Queensland. Right, that sounds like a challenge. But, um, mate, look, yeah, I've I, uh, never been to Longreach in my life before I went there. I got transferred out. I used to work with the government as a valuer and got transferred out there and uh, about 34 years ago. And, um, yeah, just... Um, didn't really have a plan of staying there long term. I was probably going to be like every other public servant and just shift on in a couple of years. But just um, really, really loved it, and it sort of really resonated with me. And um, yeah, just really enjoy the, I guess the community and the and um, and the region. So um, yeah, look, uh, started. Uh, I did some work as a as a financial counselor, helping helping guys in the in a drought back in the nineties, and it really opened my eyes to, um, I guess, just some of the need in the bush and uh, and just some of the um, the challenge there. So uh, out of out of that, after a couple of years of that, I um went. I began work as a consultant, like as an ag consultant out there, and and built my own business over probably twenty years or so. And um, yeah, that was an amazing, amazing journey. Like like a lot of the people I work with are amazing people. And 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 uh, to be fair, I'm not sure if I should say this now, but I think I learnt more from them <laughs> than they learnt from me. But um, yeah, some really amazing people in that in that time. And um. Yeah, and, and, and part of that journey, you know, going back uh, probably 20-something years ago, we bought our, our first little property. It was just a little hobby farm sort of block. It was about 8,000 acres, and we just started mucking around with that. And, again, loved it because we'd sort of – I used to, you know, talk about a lot of theory with my clients and, and, and help help on other businesses, and then we, we started that one of our own. And, um, yeah, really loved it and sort of grew it a bit and bought a bit more and bought a bit more and – and probably now it's it's probably our core business that we you know we run a couple of, over a couple of properties and um, yeah running run run mostly cattle and we've just started to run goats over the last couple of years so yeah it's been um, it's been a challenging journey especially the last sort of five six seven years of drought has been a real challenge because um, you know a lot of what's in the textbook in the ag consulting textbook <laughs> it probably doesn't work that well after seven years of drought so so yeah so that that sort of stuff has been a challenge but we're we really enjoying it and um, I guess I feel like God's been leading us on a journey and we've definitely had ups and downs and you know plenty of mental health challenges for Raylene and myself in that period and um, you know plenty of tough you know lost some good people out there and lots of friends have been there and moved on to other places and so yeah there's been lots of challenges but um yeah, we got we're a family out there. We love living out in the bush, and um, yeah, we we're really, I suppose, in some ways, we're starting a new phase with our life. We're really, um, really keen to see where God takes us on on the land. You know, so yeah. So good. Now you've been um, obviously, perhaps you lived around town or in town before you bought that property. Raylene, do you do you like the animal side of things, and do you like living sort of 
Uh, you, li- you live a little way out of town these days. How's that for you um, in your life? Um, yeah, we oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, we sort of do live between two places, so we're kind of here, there and everywhere at times. But, um, yeah, we're going to be settling out of town a bit more now. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I do love the animals and, uh, yeah, especially if there's any potty animals, which I've got a potty goat at the moment and uh, that she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, goats are a part of the mix too uh, for them. I'm hearing goats come up a little bit, so there must be something something really going on there. Now, you've mentioned uh, droughts and losing uh, people that you love um, in that part of the world. Um, you're both people of faith, and we know that you know life is, is never easy. So how has faith been a part of your journey in sort of helping you cope or get through uh, difficult times yeah um well i guess i guess with faith it, it sort of just is your life whether it's yeah the good times or the bad times or all the times in between so i guess it's um it just becomes part of part of who you are um you know like like i think particularly mental health challenges like having a faith in that journey is is um like a real i guess a, a, i don't know i'd say a necessity i guess you know you know without it I think that would be a very tough. Well, it's a very tough journey for anybody, but but without without a faith that says that that someone has the answer and someone has this in control, I think that would be the biggest challenge. You know, with drought, I mean, that's tough, and, and I'm not trying to trying to make little of that. But generally, you can make decisions and you can sell stock or you can do. You know, there's there's some. You know, you can make a plan and you can work through it and you can. But 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 the whole mental health journey, that's another whole but you know often often there's no logic to that or there's no reason to that sometimes and and I reckon um, that's definitely to me of all the tough times where where faith is is critical um, I reckon that 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 one is the one that stands out for me now yeah, um, obviously this is a great segue for Outback Futures because that is a big part of what Outback Futures is about tell us about your encounter with Outback Futures and your um, experience as chair of the board. That's why that's the role, one of the roles that um, that Peter has. Yeah, um, so so Outback Futures has been going for, for a number of years now um, and uh, we got involved a few years ago and um, really when we first heard about Outback Futures we thought no that's actually way too good to be true because we'd, we'd been in in the community in Longreach for, for probably I don't know 25 years at that stage and and like I said we'd had some mental health challenges and 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 really there was very little service well no service basically when we first experienced that and we didn't have much knowledge of what to do or how to how to find help and it was just an amazing sort of I guess a God-led journey that that caused us to get help and we, we had to come to Brisbane to get that help back then um, there was none in the community or out in that region at all and so when Outback Futures um, connected with us and said hey look we, we can we're actually going to deliver service to your community and this is our plan and yeah like I, I remember we we've Rayleigh and I going away from our first meeting with um, Selena and Tony going yeah right that's I mean if that was if that was real that'd be great and and now after probably the last four or five years I've actually can say yeah it is real and it has been great it has been amazing so so um yeah I, I it, it really well it gives it gives me hope I guess like you know when we first experienced our mental health challenges we were only young we had babies it was you know it was it was and and there was zero help you know and and I'm, i mean even now when i look back to that time i'd you know i get a i get a catch in my throat because it was tough 
you know, it was tough on Raylene, tough on, on all of us. And um, and I guess, you know, knowing that, that no little young family would have to go through that again, um, that that sort of gets me pretty, um, you know, it hits me that, that that's the difference we've made, you know, not not just like the Hapak Futures has made. So, um, yeah, that that's that's what's special about Hapak Futures. Now, Raylene, obviously that's a story that's heavy for you and your family. Um, do you want to share a little bit about your experience and, you know, why you think Outback Futures, you know, can make a big difference in the lives of people? Well, I'll try. Um, yeah, so probably the mental health issue Peter's talking about, I had pretty bad postnatal depression after both my boys were born. And like Peter said, the only help you could get was from my GP. And he, you know, he did a great job and you know the GPs out there they're sort of jack of all trades and um, yeah but to sort of get that um, that deep help you you need someone who is in that field and uh, yeah can just sort of lead you through that um, yeah so yeah by God's grace somehow we connected with a wonderful Christian um, doctor down here so uh, yeah, we'd either come down or, uh, you know, do phone things. And, um, yeah, so that was just, uh, yeah, it was a saviour to us sort of thing. So that was quite a difficult, you know, like journey over 10 years, really. And I sort of think if we had the help that, like, Outback Futures can offer now, you know, it probably wouldn't have been that 10-year difficult journey. Like, it's very difficult on everyone in the family, that, that situation. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, as I said, you know, if you listeners could have looked and seen our body language at that first meeting, I sat there kind of with my arms folded going, yeah, yeah, you know, who are these Johnny-come-lately is going to come in and do all this stuff. But anyway, we ended up being connected with them and, I soon realised I had to actually uncross my arms and, you know, get in and um, roll up your sleeves too because, you know, I've never, you know, in my dreams thought that we could have a service like that out there. Not that they're all about service provision, which I'm sure Peter will talk about shortly, but um, to have that, um, yeah, that lifeline to throw and knowing that, you know, the calibre of the staff that come out there and what they can do, knowing that there's, um, yeah, someone that you can say, hey, you know, if there was someone in my position, I know they don't have to, yeah, go through 10 years of, you know, wandering and, uh, you know, just that, how difficult it is. It can just be, you know, straight away they can get help and, yeah, so to me, that is just, um, yeah, beyond words, really. Wow, powerful. Well, thanks for sharing that. You're listening to Red Dirt Nation, and I'm um, talking to the wonderful Raylene and Peter Whip, who are Long Reach based. We're going to talk a little bit more about Outback Futures soon, and I did an interview with Selena Gomesall early on. You can scroll back and find that one if you want to, but we're going to chat about that soon. But we're encouraging people, if they can, to get back out into the bush and to visit uh, locations in, in rural and remote places just to support people. And, you know, even if you're traveling there, holidaying there, you really can help people out. So if you've got the means and the ability, we want to to get you out back so that you can um, just uh, be a blessing to some of these small places. Let's talk about Longreach just a little bit now. Um, it's famous for a few things. I won't give it all away. 
But I'd like the whips to give Longreach a bit of a plug now and maybe whet your appetite for getting out and visiting such a great little town. Yeah, well, look, yeah, I mean, and it's not just Longreach, it's all the whole community there. There's amazing little town, amazing people. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, if you're a tourist sort of person looking for touristy things to do, there's, you could spend a month out there just to do all the things that are out there. You know, there's, there's cruises on the river, there's these amazing stockman shows, there's, um, you know, dinosaur tours, the tracks, the museum, the Qantas Museum, the Stockman's Hall of Fame, the Barky Workers Heritage, the Woolscar at Blackhall. You know, you literally you could, well, you could spend more than a month there probably just to see everything. So, um, that, and, and tourism is like actually quite a big part of the economy in those small towns now. Like it really does make the those towns tick. You know, that for for years they've been based on on well wool originally way back, and then cattle. And um, yeah, the agricultural side of things, but tourism definitely is um, such a big driver in the towns now. So, and plus, it sort of, you know, you, you get to meet a lot of different people and and see a lot of different people. There's some great little businesses, great little coffee shop in Longreach, which probably would be as good as anywhere you'd find in terms of you know that, which is sort of amazing. And um, yeah, so yeah, like I think lot a lot to do there. And um, generally, generally, people are really keen to you know connect with people from away and and catch up and yeah. Country hospitality doesn't get better than that, really. Raylene, anything to add? Anything that you'd like to point people towards out that way? Well, probably just the little coffee shop Peter's talking about is one close to our heart because she's sort of related to us. So that's Casey's Coffee Shop if you ever end up out there. <laughs> no, I think Peter's pretty much covered it. But um, yeah, I guess it's just, you know, maybe enjoying a slower pace, enjoying the amazing. Uh, beautiful sunset so if you're photographer wise there's you know plenty of the beautiful wide open spaces but it just you know gives your heart and mind a rest I think to get out there and the big sky and you can actually see all the stars you know the Milky Way so you know for for that kind of landscapey you know um, vision splendid you, you know it's definitely out there too so yeah come on out all right, get yourself out there. Now, we want to just focus in a little bit more on the work of Outback Futures. And uh, Peter, as I mentioned before, is chair of the board. He sort of is accidental chair. He described himself, but um, but he's been in that role quite some time, and it's important. So tell us what you're down here doing in Brisbane, Peter, and, and give us a bit of a, a, a sketch of um, not only the work of Outback Futures, but some of the real-life um, impact it is having on small towns. So, yeah, first of all, we're down here, we've got a board meeting tonight, so that's part of, like, we have a regular every two-monthly board meeting, and um, some we do by, you know, video link, but um, some of the important ones we use, you know, it's, it's much better face-to-face, so part, that's part of what we're doing, but also, um, what, like, like, so our back futures is a not-for-profit, so, you know, about 90% of our money has to be raised from somewhere, and so um, we, we've got some amazing donors that are that have come on board you know you know corporate folk or or people with um you know private foundations that are keen to see the work um go on in the bush and so part of what we do is we, we bring people out to the bush and tell our story tell our story about what Outback futures um has done what the need is and so we get you know mayors or or, or people from the schools or families or uh, teachers you know to come and just um tell the story of what Outback futures is and so so part of the journey then is that, that those guys we we we, we get uh, one of our our sponsors Vanderfield um, let us use their plane and uh, we 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 get a bunch of these people take them out to the bush show them what's going on just for 24 hours and then um, 
part of what we're doing today is going back and meeting with those folk and just seeing whether they, um, I, I guess they have a have a heart to, to, to come on on the journey financially with us. So so that's a big part of what we're doing there. So um, yeah, and, and, and look what what Outback Futures does. It's it's I guess I, I guess at its core, it's about suicide prevention. I mean that's the that's the nitty gritty where the rubber hits the road. But but what we what we do basically, we um, there's a lot of research that says a lot of uh, mental health challenges start. Um, very early in life, and and even even as early as preschool, and um, so so we actually a big part of what we do is work with schools. So that's around um, OT, speech therapy, uh, learning support, um, those sort of areas. So 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 what we're wanting to do is to to fix some of those um, developmental challenges early, so that they don't sort of fester away and become the thing that drives, say, a, a teenager, you know, away from engagement with school or engagement with family and. Um, so yeah, and then then we've got mental health counselling and and um, and psychologists as well. So so we're trying to work across the whole spectrum, but but particularly with this, um, I guess, preventative or proactive work at, at young ages. So and it's quite um, you know tricky. Often often governments and people like that like to see a, a result that you know you, you spend a dollar here and you see a result tomorrow. And and some of that stuff we may not see a result for twenty years or. or I guess conversely, we won't see it because we, there won't be something that would have happened if we hadn't. If that makes sense, so yeah. Um, so so really, that's the work. And, and like you know, when we do these tours, we have families. Um, we we just ask people if they'd be keen to come and talk, you know, to these trips. And you'll have families come there. And and I've heard those stories from different people. Um, I don't know numerous times now. And every time, I, I you know, you, you can't help but feel the. I guess feel the pain, you know, like like no one likes their kids to suffer and struggle and and uh, to to hear that pain, but then to hear the joy and the, you know, when they've said, but then you know, you know, someone from Outback Future sat down with my boy and and suddenly he's he's reading again or he's writing again or he's you know he's engaged or you know and um, yeah, there's a million stories to tell, you know, about you know teachers that have been in tears you know just just battling with something that's way above their pay grade you know like like a like a, a class full of kids that are, are expressing suicidality you know and and going man i was never trained for this at teachers college you know and and then um having experts be able to go in there and just get beside that teacher and say hey look you know you're not alone in this we're going to actually work something we're going to we've got a pro and then to see those kids come out of that you know so look i could rave on for hours but but that's the sort of story it's about you know, to see see people that are hurting, and and I guess, you know, Raylan and I, we've felt that hurt. You know, we've been there, so um, we know what that's like. And and then to have someone come alongside you and say, "Hey, look, there's some hope here," and I'm not going to leave you on a, on your own. One of our programs is called Stay with Me. That's one of our our Back Futures programs. And the reason we call it that is because that's exactly what it is. So so in the bush, um, often there's a big turnover of professionals. So you might you might see a counsellor today. The next time you go back to see that counsellor, well, they've been transferred or their contract's finished and so you start again and then you start again. And I remember one lady telling me that she'd seen four people in 18 months, you know, with a, with a mental health issue and you go, that's not right. And so, so our program is stay with me. So if you see someone, a counsellor or whoever today, you're going to stay with them right through. And so it's that real sense of coming alongside someone and saying, hey, look, you're not on your own. We're going we're gonna to walk this journey. It's a tough journey. But we're going to walk this journey with you, and we're going to come out the other end. So, um, yeah, to me, that's that's powerful. That's fantastic. It's uh, great to be with people who are moved by the work that they're a part of, and um, and and this couple really are. It just reminds me on a tangent, by the way. I did a mental health first aid course uh, last year, and um, and businesses, companies, workplaces are looking for mental health first aid people, 
And so if you're in a situation where that might be useful, definitely worth a thought because I think that, um, you know, we can be those first responders. It doesn't mean that we know everything about mental health, but, um, but we can be that first point of contact that encourages someone to get help. So check that out, mental health first aid, really, really important. Well, you live in a beautiful part of the world, clearly, um, but I guess you've traveled around a little bit too. Where have you been in Australia that has sort of blown you away? Some, some place that sticks with your, sticks in your memory as a, as a remarkable place in this great red land we live in. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a challenge. It's funny. Yeah, you know, it's amazing because what, what, what it gets me, because we live, live in the bush there and, um, you know, and we sort of, I, I think we probably take it for granted because often we'll have visitors come and, you know, we're just driving around looking at cows or whatever and, and they're just, they're just blown away and I'm going, what, what, what is it? What are we, you know, like, and, and so often I think we, we take that sort of beauty and that sort of open space stuff for granted because that's where we live, you know, and, um, but it's amazing. Everyone that visits is, is blown away by that. But yeah, like what, oh, I mean, there's so many places. There's amazing places up north. I used to spend a bit of time up north of Townsville and some of those beautiful places up there on the, on the Tablelands and Tasmania. Oh, look, you know, I, I don't know if I can pick one. It's, um, like Rayleigh and I, we, we love traveling. That's probably one thing we do a lot of because, you know, when we can and, um, I don't know, it's probably, if you're with someone you love, probably everywhere is special, really, in a way. So, yeah. It's big, big sky country out there. Um, I've, I actually met Peter about a year ago now. I was speaking at a, a men's weekend out at Aramac, and uh, beautiful country out there. It was certainly uh, plenty of flies on that occasion too, but, uh, but uh, big sky country, beautiful. Raylene, how about you? Is there some place that sticks out for you? Oh, well, growing up, we, my dad loved sort of road tripping. So I guess we've been a few places. Uh, I guess the snow, that's so different from where we are, but I've been down to the snowy. So that was pretty amazing. Um, I guess coming to the beach, like I, I can, uh, you know, live without the beach, obviously. But once you've been out there, when you come to the beach, I sort of realise the ocean is a bit like a big open paddock and I sort of wonder if that's why people are attracted to the beach because it's sort of like, it gives you that same sense, that openness. So yeah, I don't mind coming to the beach for a holiday, but um, I'm sort of thinking Peter and I did a trip down to the Snowies once and sort of just driving through that country and the big, big, big trees. Our trees aren't that big out there and just these beautiful big tall I'll probably get the name wrong but they were kind of looked like gum trees but huge white trees so sort of walking through um, you know uh, walks through that kind of country is just so different from ours but beautiful so yeah probably you know I guess that's why Australia is so attractive to uh, overseas visitors because there's just so just the yeah, just the diversity and everywhere is just yeah fantastic really you're listening to the red dirt nation podcast my name is warren crank and i'm talking with peter and raylene whip we're just about to wrap it up now but we always finish with a bit of wisdom time and um and what i'm going to ask peter or raylene may or may not be interested in this one is what's one life lesson that you've learned that you, you think you'd like to pass on to people who are listening something that you've gathered over the years some input from someone else it could be from anywhere but uh what, what's a what's a life tip that you'd like to pass on to people 
Um, look, I, I suppose with my background as a business consultant, like you, you, you like to think that you're smart and got you know wise, you know strategies or whatever. But I think what I've learned um, is that God really has the best strategy. And and I think if there's anything I would I would probably have changed in my business, I would have probably listened a lot more to what God was saying, and and maybe less to what the smart ag consultant was saying. <laughs> Very, very good. Raylene, something from you? Oh, um, well, I guess, um, you know, like talking about our mental health issues and talking about the drought and uh, just uh, thinking about my faith, I guess it's knowing that there is actually, that I'm standing on a rock that never moves, like circumstances can move, they can be swaying all about the place and, you know, it can be scary looking up and around yourself, but just remembering that, you know, if you're in a relationship with a God who has a plan and purpose and that he loves you and that it's always a good plan even though what you can see may not always indicate that but you're always uh, in his hands and you're always standing on something solid so you're not going to get swept away even though it might feel like that he's yeah there's that solid foundation that uh, you know you can have if you're in relationship with him some spiritual wisdom from Raylene and Peter Webb. You've been listening to them on the Red Dirt Nation podcast. So glad to have your company and we'll catch up with you down the track. See ya.